Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, good to see you again, Malin. Good to see you too, Kelly. How are you doing? For all the folks listening at home, we are doing this on Zoom. You, of course, can't see us. Just didn't want to cause any confusion there. I will say, Kelly, the response we got to our first episode was pretty spectacular. I know that you are so good with the data analytics and all of that stuff. It just does sound like the numbers are off the charts. Yeah, I mean, the actual statistics, I'm going to keep private. You know, it's kind of proprietary info for Mm -hmm. our um, podcast. But I will say that the response has been overwhelming and people are low-key obsessed. That's so great. I've also been seeing on Instagram, we're getting tagged in a lot of posts where fans are posting steering wheels as sort of an homage to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the show. Which is so funny. They're mostly posting their car steering wheels. It's just a little Mm -hmm. bit different. Like if you know anything about buses, which we do by now. The steering wheel is enormous. Yeah, they're big. So I'm I'm not mad. I just think it's funny that how how wrong everyone is with that. But it has (laughs) been really nice to see. It's the support. We're so thankful for all of you. And another great episode ahead. Oh, for sure. Yes, we're going to be talking about episode two, the second ever episode. It's the first one back after we found out we were picked up. And I think you can see there are some changes that were made between episodes one and two. And this was really our first time knowing we have a show that's going to get multiple episodes made. So it was kind of a, a different vibe on set. Yeah, we all walked around with a little more swagger, absolutely feeling feeling a little safe, a little more comfortable, a little more free to make big choices and take big swings. And I think you really see that in episode two. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really excited today too, because to help us talk about episode two, we have someone who was intimately involved with the creation of this episode. You could say the actual author of this episode, can we not? I think we can say that. Okay, so let's please welcome to the podcast, staff writer and comedic genius, Dominic Russo. Oh, guys, I'm so freaking happy to see you. It's Dominic. Been forever. Dom, my favorite writer. I hope it's oh, okay to say that. But... Shut the hell up. That's so <laughs> nice. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm excited. I'm always down to... The talk rides, you know, as we we called it in the room. Yeah, talking (laughs) rides. So is that what you called it? We, as we discussed with, um, I'm sure you heard in the first episode with Diana Bones, our old boss, boss, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we were sort of kept out of the writer's room. And, you know, there'd be times we would try to poke our heads in and say, hey, can we pitch this? But it's a very separate siloed process. So we're really hoping you could give us insight into the stuff that we just didn't see. Well, yeah, I mean, that room... I had a lot of geniuses in it. A lot of people you see working on the biggest stuff now, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's not transportation related. So we were really lucky, you know, in season one to kind of have all these people that have been like sort of undiscovered talent. Yeah. Speaking of that, Dom, how were you discovered? You know, how did how? you come to get this job? Yeah. So after after the pilot was made, you know, they put it a bunch in front of a bunch of test audiences mm-hmm. and people were like, you know, there's sort of some 
some unspoken like Italian themes kind of happening in this show that we're not really seeing explored. And the network really took that to heart, which, you know, is much appreciated. But they didn't have any Italian writers. That's why probably nobody even noticed uh, for the pilot. Uh, uh, They didn't really notice, you know, and then pilots usually just written by the creator, you know, and maybe there's some some pitching additionally from a room. If you if you bring it back, if it gets refilmed. But there were some really strong Italian themes. And so when they were putting together the room, you know, the network was like, lean into those Italian themes. We're talking family. We're talking pasta. We want to see that stuff in for the first season. The, the test audience really responded to that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you, know, you, you got a room full of a bunch of Irish people and they're going like, huh? And so. <sighs> right. It's just not right. hitting with them. You can't expect those people to get family. Right. To, to get like a big meal. And, and honestly, I don't even want them to kind of try in some ways. I don't want them to like mess it up. Right, of course, yeah. So they put out a big call to managers, like, bring in your most diverse Italian-American comedians and writers. And, you know, so I got the call, and I was kind of like, what the fuck? Uh, But Can I curse? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Of course, Dom, we do not want (laughs) to silence the Dominic Russo, okay? (laughs) No. We want you at your full self. That's really nice. Well, yeah, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? So it didn't initially appeal to you then? Is that what I'm hearing? I kind of had seen it done before. I had seen shows like on a spaceship or like in a house. And I was like, what's a a show in one location? I don't know. It, mm. Could that work? I, I I don't know. Which sounds crazy now, well, you know. But we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. didn't know. know then. What At we the know time, now. we didn't know. Yeah. So you know, the idea of shooting something in just like one or two locations seemed freaking crazy, or just like hack maybe at that point. But you know, you can always reinvent mm. the wheel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My manager called me and, you know, I didn't even have any samples. I kind of just sent in like a little napkin that I had some ideas on. A napkin. You are kidding me. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he called me while I was at coffee with my dad. And so I was like, all right, dad, hold on a second. And I kind of jotted some stuff down. And, you know, a true genius can do off the cuff like that. I just I could never. I'm so (laughs) in awe of you, Dominic. Well, Don, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that a lot of writers today will sometimes write multiple samples and be submitting those in hopes of getting hired. So so you had a pretty lucky... Yeah, I I mean, it was really different back then. You could kind of just like fart in an envelope and send it and kind of see what the temperature was. And sometimes they'd be like, you're really bold for doing that. So yeah, I sent them the napkin. It kind of came in smudged. So they gave me a call. They're like, what did this word say? And I I was like, oh, that's his primavera. And they're like, that's funny. And, you know, then I went in for my interview and Diana was like, okay, so what's your experience? Like, what's your trauma? I was like, well, and then, you know, I she asked you literally, what's your trauma? Yeah. Oh. A lot of like marginalized communities, they kind of like dig into that stuff. Uh, you know, they want to know what you can bring to the show. Of course. And so I talked about being from, you know, Weeboogan, New Jersey, and like, you know, Mm -hmm. my time growing up there and how it was kind of hard going to a nice high school and stuff. She she seemed receptive and um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she showed the napkin to some upper executives and they liked it too. (laughs) And I, 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 you know... Uh, the next weekend I was having coffee with my dad <laughs> and I got Jeez, the call. this guy, you and your family are so close. I just, this is what I'm saying, you yeah. know? And that is so specific to Italian culture. I agree. It's really, 
Yeah, uh, just beautiful. I myself, you know, last name Quinn. Hello, Irish much. So right. I, yeah, I just don't have that. <laughs> don't even get me started on my last name. Yeah, <laughs> we know where your last name's from. Mm-hmm. You'll be talking for, for days sure. just trying to spit that out. <laughs> so I'm curious, Dom, were you doing stand up or, or literally anything comedic before hearing about this? I know you said you were repped. Yeah, I kind of got rep because I said something funny at the register at CVS. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. The guy, uh, he gave me too much change and I went, I mean, I'll take it. And there was a manager <laughs> behind me and he thought it was funny. <laughs> wow. You don't say. That is so, because I think, you know, it's just so different. I don't, of course, don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but right. I feel like I had years and years of auditions and really trying to prove myself to everyone around. And it's so interesting how it just the right place, right time for some people that happens. And of course, so happy that it did because then your, your genius mind was brought in to work on our show and make us all look so funny. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when, when you're not like diversifying the outreach and so you're not, you don't have managers kind of scouting a CVS or whatever, or they're kind of just going to comedy Mm -hmm. clubs and stuff. And maybe they're just in, LA and New York and Atlanta and Austin, all these kind of like no name places. They're not like kind of like in the heartland. They're not in Weeboogan. They're not in Punxsahasa and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, all these Mm -hmm. places like I grew up around. Uh, uh, They're going to miss out on on some good talent. So he was scouting then? He was scouting at the CVS? He was off off duty. He was in plain clothes, but he said, I'm back on the clock when he when he heard me talking. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That is so, ooh, chills. And I had chills when we recorded with Diana last week. It's so interesting how many little twists of fate had to line up just so to get us right. to where we are today. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, TV shows are really collaborative process. You know, one little element that's out of place, poof, your favorite show doesn't happen. That's so true. Well, listen, we'd love to get into it with you and break down I'd this episode to. that you wrote and brought to life. So Malin, would you mind going ahead and reading the TV guide synopsis of episode two? When the bus breaks down, Tom, played by Gus, calls a mechanic friend to help get it back on the road. Meanwhile, Jackie's daughter Sylvia has a cold and winds up missing her doctor's appointment, leading the rest of the writers to pitch in with their favorite home remedies. Dom, is it kind of weird to hear that back? It's really weird because... We went through so many iterations of that Tom plot. We thought, you know, okay, uh, the bus breaks down. Uh, uh, who is he going to call? So for, you know, if I'm being honest, it feels stupid to like say a thing I pitch. I, in, the, in the room I pitched, he calls his dad. You oh. Know, oh. Because again, I'm thinking like themes. And they were, and this is, was a fight we had. They were <sighs> like, well, we think Tom would call a mechanic. Is his dad a mechanic? I was like, No. But that's so funny you say that because watching the episode last night and prep for this, mm-hmm. I did notice kind of a paternal relationship mm-hmm. between the mechanic yeah. and Gus. Yeah. Right. So that they was were the same age, but I, the energy is there. The energy. So that was sort of my contribution to it. I was like, okay, if it's not his dad, you know, just Italian wise, I think this guy could have a father vibe because mm-hmm. it's there. It, it's the subtext we're all feeling. You know, we have to address it. Otherwise, people are going to think we don't have it right. So that's why he called him like kid and sport and stuff. That was sort of my right. contribution to that. And correct me if I'm wrong, the sort of yeah. the jumpsuit workwear that he's wearing, is that a nod to famed Italians Mario and Luigi? Or am I just <gasps> looking for connections that aren't there? No, you're, you're the nail 
is safely on the head, Mullen. Mm-hmm. People don't think about this. There's conversations between writers and directors in wardrobe. So <gasps> I originally pitched, oh. I pitched red t-shirt, big blue overalls, big red hat. That's <laughs> what I pitched. And they said, no, no, that looks too, we don't think a mechanic would show up like that. And I was like, okay, plumbers are mechanics of toilets. I, but like, this is yeah. where you kind of have to like, as an Italian American, like decide like, when do I speak up? Yeah. That must be so frustrating. How much of my culture am I going to have to translate? Exactamundo. And <laughs> so like, you know, it's, it's the second episode, you know, it's my first week in the show, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know how, what to push, but in the end, the wardrobe person was really sweet. Uh, her name's Mary. We had a nice consultation about, I told her kind of what I wanted to evoke. I want it to be, mm-hmm. you know, Mario adjacent. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think we can get some Mario in there without it overtly being Mario. So that's where we landed on that look. She, she hand stitched that. No, that must've taken days. So talented. She's really incredibly talented. Kelly, how fun for you to be in the B story. I know. When I started reading the sides, I tell you, I almost flipped out. And this is, I really credit you, Dominic, for getting my career started. I would not have the life I do today had you not seen a germ of something in Jackie that you decided to cultivate into a full B story. So, of course, you know, my daughter on the show, Sylvia, played by two different twins who we swapped around between for a while until ultimately, you know, having having to decide and go with just one in the later seasons, she gets sick in this episode. And that, again, I think you have someone in there advocating, okay, why don't you feed her some minestrone soup, some Italian wedding soup? That is all I now see. I wasn't paying attention to it at the time because I was looking at it through the lens of an actor. But now that I hear it's so Italian. It's also that family theme. Exactly. You and your daughter who mm-hmm. else is going to have that kind of care exactly. for their daughter? So the original pitch was always a daughter, but I really underlined that. It was like, daughter, mother, mm-hmm. mother, mm-hmm. take care of daughter. That is a familial theme, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a pitch on the table uh, from one of the writers like, oh, what if there's a doctor on the bus? And mm-hmm. it's tough because when you love your characters, even so early on in a series, you're, you want them to be okay. But it's like, yeah. we can't just solve the problem with a doctor right. being on that's the bus. Right, that's not television. We need this to last a full 22 minutes. So right. how are we, we going to do hello, that? Hello, right? And we are trying to make a comedy, you a know? A comedy, so, right? Yeah. So that's where you get, you know, Wiggles the Clown pitching, you know, oh, maybe a cream pie or whatever. Oh, that's mm-hmm. where you get that that old lady pitching a bag of onions that she got from the grocery store. That's where mm-hmm. you get the real, like, kind of salt of who's on the bus. Right, uh, right. Trying to pitch these remedies. Yeah, that was a really clever way to give us a little insight into each of the regular riders on the bus. Yeah. Kind of a little, hey, here's my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Nice little intro. And then honestly, secretly, it's a way for us to test who's who's testing well. You know, did people <sighs> leave the room when the clown came on? Or were they like, I'd like to see more of what that person's about? You know, it's it's kind of nice. A nice And you can to- see into that. Are you watching these audience tests when they're happening or how involved is are the writers in all of that? Yeah. Diana usually had us kind of hiding out in the back during some screenings. So I'm hiding in the back in a little disguise or whatever. And we're kind of noting the little check marks, like what's getting laughs, what's getting, what, what, what are people openly standing up and leaving during? And Wow. Malin, I'm sure you feel the same way. We both felt 
our job as actors, wow, so hard. You can feel because so much of the focus is on you. Right. The lighting, the makeup, the hair, the costumes, the, the, the show's about you, but it's not, right? It's about the, the writers are the ones really getting it done. Do you remember the lunch that we all went to? Diana brought together, it was the, a one-time oh. thing because she mostly didn't want us talking too much, but a lunch with the writing staff and the actors who would make up the sort of regular cast members. Yeah. And it was kind of a get to know you thing. So you could see elements of our real personalities and try to write them in. Yes. I don't know if you have any memories of that lunch. I kind of, I know I was a little bit on, if you will, because I was, I was trying to be Marsha, you know, and, and her whole thing was she's running for office. She's campaigning. She's getting to know everyone. So I, I think I might've come on a little strong right. at that lunch, maybe campaigning with you all, but, um, so I guess a, a retroactive apology if I was if I was doing the most. Oh, oh my but, god! Um, but I think it was a really nice opportunity to to meet you all and kind of see see these geniuses you know form their opinions about us and get to work. I do remember that lunch. I remember it so many salads as far as I can <laughs> yeah. see, and I, I remember. <laughs> and I remember Molly. Uh, uh, I do remember you. You you had kind of a nervous energy, um, and a couple of the writers and I were talking. were like, oh, is she like uncomfortable you know does she don't want to be here does she hate mm -hmm. salad but I think it actually ended up feeding into your character because it's like this is someone who's trying to please mm -hmm. the public right she's trying to she's trying to run for office she's trying to appeal to multiple different types of constituents we can we could use that that's how perceptive you are because I was choking down that salad I wasn't <laughs> comfortable at all yeah those leaves were going down whole yeah. it was not a good situation but I didn't <sighs> want to let on that I was having such a hard time. Yeah. Um, and you're right. That's that people pleaser in Marsha that, yeah, you guys saw in me. I didn't even know, to be honest, I didn't even know I was like that. <laughs> and that's so interesting, even just to notice, Mal, in the way that our friendship has evolved because we didn't mm -hmm. know each other so well then, right? Mm -hmm. We were still early days working oh. together. So I didn't notice, I think now if we went to lunch together, I would never ask you to a place with a salad bar even because I know <laughs> she hates that stuff. But at the time, I didn't notice how gutterly uncomfortable you were. And for me, I'm a health nut. So I was... <laughs> as much as you were hating it, I was loving it actually. And that I honestly mm. don't remember any conversation I had. I was just so focused on the salad. Um, so it's sort of sad to realize that's time with the writers that I could have been pitching myself, sort of showing them who I was. And instead I was just, we're all, that's what's crazy about a first season. Yes. You know, we're all figuring mm -hmm. it out. We're all new to the game, or at least new to that game, new to the bus game, you know, we're all new to the bus. <laughs> First time writers. And so uh, I didn't know how to talk to Diana, you know, yeah. very well. And, you know, I'm spilling my leaves everywhere and, and getting nervous around her. And, you know, it's my first job ever. They should have given you a plate of meatballs. You'd have been right at home. Right at home. Sorry, can we say that? I want you to call me out if for the rest of this episode. If I do anything like that, please, uh. please, please let me know. Don't even worry. And, and you got you better believe when, when she asked if we're going to a South Place, I was like, <laughs> Wouldn't it be kind of cute, like a nod to the show, if we went to a meatball yeah. place instead? You could, you know, it's kind of funny. There's Italian themes, we're eating meatballs, but you know, Diana does. Yeah, Diana, so. and honestly, you gained more power, you know, in the room throughout the seasons as you rose through the ranks. Could you talk right. about that? Did you like being right. in a leadership position? I know I'd follow you to the end of the earth, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> Same oh, wow, that's so sweet, Kelly. That's so sweet. You, you know. I was nervous to take on a leadership position, but you know, by like you know, season four or whatever. But then I kind of thought, wait a minute, I'm kind of like the room dad. This is like a family on every level. You were 
Italian. I just, the connections you're able to make on the fly like this are blowing my mind. I see why you got hired so young and got just thrown this episode right out of the gate. I appreciate, I appreciate it. You know, it's so much of writing and I'm sure you feel this with acting too. And I'm so curious too, like when we were pitching, what illness does, you know, does Sylvia have? Why is she sick on the bus? Mm-hmm. You know, some people thought, okay, you know, we landed at a cold, but it doesn't ever start at a cold. So we, we oh. typhoid was on the table. Oh, wow. Uh, measles. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we went for something a little more acute, a little more yeah. solvable in the app. I, okay. okay. Am yeah. I a writer? I feel like I'm thinking like a writer. No, I mean, that's you exactly- like a writer. That's exactly the conversation because we realized all the stuff we were pitching was like chronic. And we're like, is this something, do we make a character that has typhoid? for like the rest of the series, you right, know? Right. Do we keep this daughter quarantined, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for the rest of the series? Does that work? Right, and you know, because the show is a mockumentary, it's almost like yeah. if you introduce something like that, then the right. show would almost need to pivot because we've got a return of typhoid. Like that's the storyline now? That's the, that, uh, is that what we want it to be about? And, and ultimately we thought, no, this is, this is where you decide, is this like episodic? Is it serialized? Like, so we said, yeah. cold, okay. Yeah, we can kind of work with that. Mm-hmm. We can kind of work with that. And a cold can kind of be anything. If she gets a little, <laughs> that's like a cold. Mm-hmm. If she's sneezing. So that we, we were like, that gives the actress a little more latitude to play with that too. And I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys, because we landed on a cold ultimate because one of the writers said that their daughter had a cold once. And we are like, that actually tracks. That actually oh, tracks. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you as actors kind of felt like you could kind of get into that a little bit more because maybe you had seen someone with a cold before. Definitely. No, I had even had colds before. So when I was trying okay. to, yeah, yeah. So when we were, you know, our lines were sort of us like throwing out solutions and stuff, you know, right. I, I was I was kind of improvising things that I had done for my yes, colds. Right. And we kept some of those. I remember, I remember your tasting Tylenol PM, Tylenol PM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, that was not one they kept because I guess some sort of advertising issues. Right. But it made me laugh. Oh, I was I thought that, I thought that was fucking hysterical. I broke, if you'll remember. <laughs> I broke clean off the bus. I had to leave the bus. I was laughing too hard. I was choking. And then I came back on. And then Kelly, you improvised that line after she goes, Tylenol PM. She goes, what, I want her to fall asleep? <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. I can't believe you remember that. Well, I had a question. So Jackie has a talking head where she gives the funniest line I think I've ever heard where she goes, I'm not buying it. About Sylvia. She thinks she's faking for that. Do you remember this moment? Uh, I'm yes. not buying it. Yeah. And Kelly, uh, uh, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, I was just curious, Dom, was that sort of like written in the room? Was that a you line? What, you know, tell us the provenance of that. So I, I fucking wish I could just be like, I came up with that the day we wrote it. Uh-huh. I wish. Uh-huh. But so the line that used to be there was her going like, we'll see. <laughs> and and it doesn't quite hit as hard. And right. he, here's what happened. We were just reading the scene aloud in the room and talking through it. And like, sometimes you don't even, sometimes it's just like, oh, go back to being yourself. Because when we were reading it, I was like, I'm not buying it. <gasps> no. And then that became the line. And then oh. I, I don't want to sound like a an ass or anything, but people were 
screaming. <laughs> they thought it was so freaking funny. I mean, yeah. I'm laughing thinking about it now. Yeah. Years down her, the line. She, she spit her soup out and I was like, okay, I think this is the line. And boy, oh boy, was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of became a little catchphrase for you. It did, you know, and Your I Your own Urkel kind of moment, yeah. I, yes, it made me think about my character in a different way because at first I had thought, okay, just normal mom t- taking care of her kid. And then I thought- this, this woman has some edge to her. She's sharp. She's witty. Yeah. She's not just a mom. She's also a thinking woman. I'm not buying it. And that line unlocked it for me. I'm not buying it. You know, that's like her ethos in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really, it really was just kismet, you know, and that's another thing like, and I'm sure you guys feel this in the acting craft too. It's just like sometimes you stumble upon, a, you, see, you see a mistake and in correcting it, you find something way better. Oh, totally. Like you shouldn't be afraid to find a mistake or something that's not working. Sometimes you'll unlock something you never thought possible. Right, that's right. So true. So I don't know if you remember, there's, um, I think it's in the second act where I'm sort of walking to get into a different seat because I don't want to be seated next to Sylvia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I kind of trip over- yes. Uh, someone's handbag that's in the aisle. And I was able to use that into like a little jig that I did. And then, (laughs) which was incredible. Yeah. And then lo and behold, that's a new level to Marsha, right? She's a little more playful because before we just knew her as the self-serious politician. She walks normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so to get a little pep in my step just through a mistake was pretty, was pretty cool. And I, I was glad you guys incorporated that in for the rest of the show. That was such a terrific example, Mom, because it was such a human moment mm-hmm. and it was world building. We're like, oh, there's purses on the ground. Yes. There's, mm-hmm. Yes. You know, this woman trips. Okay. Mm-hmm. This, is, mm-hmm. this world is kind of expanding before our eyes a little bit. And it was so nice to see that the director didn't, you know, a lesser director might go, cut! Oh my fucking God! Right? When you do that. And you that didn't happen. Terry directed this one. And, and yeah. I mm-hmm. think Terry knew that this is a mockumentary. We're going to see mistakes the way that you Mm -hmm. do in a documentary. We can't have it be so perfect. It's those Mm -hmm. imperfections that really make a show like this feel real. Absolutely. Now, I had a question for you guys. Uh Oh, Oh, okay. Should we be worried? (laughs) Well, my question was, when you were doing the tag for this episode, how was standing up on the bus while it was moving? Was that difficult or because we wrote it we're like can they do this but dom it was hard i'll just say it (laughs) oh damn sometimes we go nuts in the room and we're like good luck this was my first official like stunt on the show (laughs) right and they were talking about maybe bringing in doubles for us harder for you than for me because i've always been sort of fit you know (laughs) sort of health nut again so but I was trying to connect with you by pretending to be scared right. in that moment. And- so we caught a bus here in L.A., if you can believe it, and um, paid the fare and everything. Right. And, and rode it two or three stops. We did. We did. They were qu- quicker than you think. Quicker than mm-hmm. you think. And and we tried standing up for for most of those. Wow. So, so yeah. So we did. You put us to work a little bit with that wow. one, Dom. But mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I felt it when I wrote it. I was like, I think this is funny. I think they could pull it off, though. Well, it's always such a treat to be in the tag as well. You know, the last thing the audience is left with mm-hmm. yes. feels really nice. The dessert. Yeah, the the, the tiramisu. Oh, the tiramisu. <laughs> the cannoli. Yeah, yeah the, oh, big, the, the big cannoli. <laughs> Dom, we actually have a couple listener questions Fans have been writing in to us. We have a, an email address, writingaroundpod at gmail.com for mm-hmm. anyone listening who has their own questions to send in. Bettina from Columbus wanted to know, 
Is it true that in the writer's room, you have all the snacks you want all the time? <laughs> I wish. I mean, there's some snacks. I mean, the poor writer's PA is having to answer all of our requests. You know, they mm. do their best. But, man, those snacks, firstly, they're gone by Monday. <laughs> they start at Monday and they're gone by Monday. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they're not replenished at all? You know, they have a budget. And, you know, ours was about 7000 a week. But 7, it was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were asking for some pretty, pretty big, because, you know, our hours were like 10 a.m. to 9 a.m., you know, we're working around the clock oh, to do yeah, this stuff, yes. you know. Hardest working people in showbiz. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Diana has her, her reputation, I won't super into yeah. it, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we were working a lot, so, so we're getting, you know, orange juices, yogurts, granolas, you know, that's kind of the morning fare, mm -hmm. afternoon fare, you're getting all sorts of chips. I mean, they don't have chips like they do now, but we had a lot of the types of chips that they had at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of 2006 chips, like a Cool yeah. Ranch Dorito or something. Yeah, we're getting Cool Ranch. There were some Doritos was coming up with some new ideas that we were kind of playing around with in mm -hmm. the room too. We're certainly not into kettle cooked territory yet. No. That comes later. I wish. No, no, that's way later. No, no, no. Back then we were kind of roughing it with Cheetos and, and stuff like that. You know, sometimes they would bring in like a little party sub once in a while. It's like a little pick me up in the middle of the afternoon, you know, kind of a 20 foot party sub. Uh, and then around, the snack times around dinner, you know, we're getting like pretzies. We're getting little like combos. Oh, wow. You know. Mm -hmm. So you guys were really putting it away. I mean, $7,000. I guess it, it was didn't, a last, lot. didn't last long. Yeah. It was a different time. You know, the recession was about to happen. And so, you know, just it yeah. was a different time. You know what I'm saying? And I do know, I mean, if you'll recall, NBC was a little iffy on us. You know, we had gotten the four episode pickup and it was kind of TBD whether there yeah. would be any more. So I can see them not wanting to spend... 14,000 a week on, on snack budget. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, we, we were taken care of as, as much as we could have been, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're working through it to, to keep awake, you know, they did their best for sure. Oh, well, that's great. And Bettina, yeah. thank you so much for the question. What an insightful question. Yeah. We had another question. This one's from Daniel from Poughkeepsie. Oh, that's right. Did everyone get motion sickness from being on the bus all the time? Well, that's a you guy question. I don't know. True. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of got into that a little bit um, in talking about our, our little stunt training we did, Kelly. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, eventually you get used to it. You know, acting, people like to think that acting is this crazy thing, but it's a job, you know, at the mm. end of the day. And is it an important job? Yeah, of course. But it is something you learn skills for and mm -hmm. then execute, just like Daniel, you might do at your job where you. What's a job that regular folks? Have? Uh, sorry, I've just I've been in the biz so long. Uh, yeah, where someone you? who tests pudding or something, <laughs> right? So Daniel, so you as a, a pudding tester, I could ask you, do you get sick from eating that pudding all the time, Daniel from Poughkeepsie? And you'd be like, well, no, I'm good at my job. I worked at this, and now I can easily eat, you know, a boatload of pudding and feel just fine in my tummy. Right. So for us, I I think, you know, initially I was worried about that too. Um, mm -hmm. But no, ultimately a bus is a bus and you do get used to it. You know, think about it. <laughs> uh, you know, even if you guys don't ride the bus a lot, there's thousands of people doing it every yeah. day. And I think mm -hmm. we'd be hearing if it was drowning in vomit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I think <laughs> we I think that would have made we headlines. We would have heard a thing or two. I had a question for you guys, actually, if that's okay. Oh, of oh, course. Yeah. Not to interrupt the question segment. I just kind of want to no, know, no. like, 
when did you guys start to feel like you were gelling as a cast? Like you were like a family on that bus? Oh, what a great question. Well, I know when we got the call to let us know we were going to be made permanent members of the cast, not just guest stars, happened Mm -hmm. a few episodes later. So I think they saw it in us probably in this episode, if I'm being honest. I think, you know, there's the scene where we're all crowding around Sylvia and it it becomes this cacophonous, like we're yelling at her, all of our home remedies kind of thing. And I really felt like we were firing on all cylinders in that moment. Mm -hmm. What about you, Kelly? I don't want to plagiarize, but I would say it was the same moment for me and especially Mm -hmm. having the honor of being. Okay. Well, don't plagiarize. Could you say something else? So we're not plagiarizing. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. There's the Marsha Windy. There's the Marsha Windy coming out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, gosh. Sorry. I do think I kind of went back. You go to that place. <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. Sorry. You're allowed no. to say whatever you want, Jackie. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Not Jackie. Kelly. That's so funny. There, we you were guys talking about this, Dominic, last episode, the way that Malin especially went full method. I really admire the way she plunged herself into that character, sometimes in a, in, in sort of a dark, she got taken to some dark places, but always came out on the other side, of course. And so, no, I will not plagiarize because Marsha Windy would prefer that I, uh, I come up with an original idea. And I would say for me, it was honestly the following episode where, oh gosh, and what? You can never remember, like they're trying to think of the name. Yep. And yeah. it, because it was it was just an extra that day who was getting on the bus and we all started doing, do you remember the the wave when someone new gets on the bus? Oh, because it's yes. such a, it was such a small them. town and we right. thought, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's really bring in the Virginia of it all. Mm-hmm. And which now I'm realizing maybe it was just more family, right? Someone's new on the bus, their family were waving. Hello. But I at the time I just thought, wow, it's so cool to see all these hands in the air waving in unison welcoming someone new and it felt like we have something to welcome them to and that's how it it felt for me as corny as that may sound no I love that and the waving it was people people think that that's choreographed but it wasn't and I don't know if you guys remember that was one take you guys didn't need another take we were shocked I mean like you guys are pros but we were like all right we're gonna kind of have to a lot because you know we hear back from you know how was episode three how was that you know whatever and they're like, we really allotted like two to three hours for that scene. We weren't sure how it was going to go. Maybe their hands are going to be knocking into each other. Someone's going to get mm-hmm. hurt. I don't know. Mm. But you guys did it in one take. And it was like, can we move on? I, I guess so. I guess so. That's magic. In the early days, you don't want to be overconfident. But yeah, when you've got it, you've got it. We've been so delighted to have you here today, Dominic. I can't thank you enough for your time. We know that you're busy working writer these days. Is there anything you're working on currently that you'd like to plug for our many listeners? Yeah, um, I would say I've got a couple projects in the pipeline, kind of like Italian stuff that you guys, it's not quite, it's not, you know, quite developed yet. Yes. But there's a comic I follow named Reka Shankar, and you could probably follow her on Instagram at Reka, R-E-K-H-A underscore S, or on Twitter, R-E-K-H-A-L-S-H-A-N-K-A-R, or just like check out our website, RekaShankar.com, and you can watch Grand Crew on Hulu. That's like something she wrote for. I think it's pretty funny. Um, It's not, it's no, <laughs> so riding around but no riding around but what but is what is and, and almost nothing is uh so yeah i would say i would plug her whoa 
Don't send me to HR for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) And there's Uh that Dom we love. Thank you, friend. Thank you for joining us and and traipsing down memory lane like this with us. We we appreciate and we love you. We miss you. Miss you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your talents with with all of us writers. Of course. And uh, arrivederci. (laughs) Ciao, Bellas. so much to all of our listeners and thank you also to kelsey bailey who made our logo and to john Purcell for our theme music and for editing the show you can follow us at riding around pod on twitter and instagram and also send your thoughts and questions to riding at gmail.com please subscribe rate us review us anywhere you find your podcast please come back and join us next week we'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss see you then <laughs>